Gentlemen, at drop port here on WDAY. We are uh, going to talk about some things today. Um, the deadline is looming for the protesters to get off U.S. Army Corps of Engineers land down there in South Central North Dakota. Um, things are getting a little tense with that. There was a meeting uh, between the, the camp protesters and, and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. They want to extend the deadline. That, that's sort of the the issue right now, they, they want to extend the deadline. The, I, the current deadline, I it's the 22nd. Now I'm doubting myself. I think it's the 23rd. Anyway, it's later this week. A couple days. Uh, they wanted to extend it. There's, you know, obviously we've had a big melt-off. There was actually some rain that went through that area of the state. Um, they're concerned about being done in time, you know, getting that camp cleaned up in time uh, by the deadline when the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is going to move them out. Um you know, at, at, at this point, I say just move them out. I, I don't think the protesters are helping. They've been dragging their feet. A lot of them are saying they're not ever going to leave. They're not helping. Uh, so, frankly, you know, it's time for the court to just move them out. You know, don't extend the deadline. Just just move them out of there and, and send in uh, the professionals, get the area cleaned up, and we can all move on with our lives. Uh, you know, that's, that's what I think ought to happen. But one side effect of that, and there was actually a Bismarck Tribune article. I had a post on this last week the bismarck tribune had a story over the weekend um the prairie knights casino has taken a pretty big financial hit in the wake of the protest i'm actually going to have a spokesman from the uh for the casino on Leroy kingsley it's going to be on at 1 30 we'll talk with him a little bit about that um and, and and the reason why that matters the standing rock tribe actually offer uh, operates two casinos the prairie knights casino which is by Cannonball, right by the protest site, uh, and actually played host to a lot of the protesters, was very much impacted by the protest activities, and also the uh, Great River Casino down by Mobridge, South Dakota. Um, they took about a $6 million hit, and that's going to impact the tribe because the tribe has uh, uses that revenue. The, the casino budget is is basically the biggest chunk of the tribe's revenues. And so... You know, the casino is, you know, if the casino takes a hit, they lose millions. That's millions less for the various, you know, social programs that they fund on the reservation. And it's it's ironic if the, the protest stand with Standing Rock and all that stuff, and then the, the casino loses revenue, and now they can't support their social programs. They're going to have to cut and, and rearrange the budget, and it creates a financial hardship for them. How did that help Standing Rock? Anyway, we'll get the skinny on the uh, casino situation from... Mr. Kingsley, again, coming up here at one thirty. Good afternoon, Atil. How are you? Pretty good. How are you today, Rob? Not too shabby. Have a good weekend? Yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty quiet, all things considered. It was very, very nice. We opened up all the windows in the house, let in all that delicious 50-degree fresh air. It's so beautiful out. Well, it, it, really it was. Now it's like dark and misty and kind wow. of reminiscent of an awkwardly June day in February here. It, um... It would feel that way, except when I look outside, the snow's still like waist high in my in my yard. Oh yeah, see, we don't have that problem. Yeah. Most of the snow is just gone, and there's a giant lake out behind my townhouses right now. It was funny right before the radio show last week. I was sitting, I was sitting up in my office, and all of a sudden, like the whole house shook, and it was this giant glacier of snow that slid off the roof, 
and completely obliterated one of our trees. Uh, we or not, a, I guess it's a shrub. Um, completely just obliterated it, sliding off the roof. It's that time of year, though, I guess. And boy, has it been melting fast. Yeah, it's it's going. I mean, there's there's nothing stopping it from melting now. <laughs> so over the uh, over, you know, we had talked previously about the situation with gay rights legislation, anti-discrimination legislation here in North Dakota. We did. And I had put forward the theory that Democrats were sandbagging the issue a little bit. Uh, that actually came up. Sam Easter had a article about it over the uh, over the weekend. And he actually asked, because one of, one of the things I said, you know, if, if Democrats really want to pass this legislation, why do they just keep doing the same thing over and over again? I mean, for, for four consecutive legislative sessions, that's eight years because we have a session every two years. So basically, the better part of a decade, they've just been introducing the same bill over and over again. And, of course, getting the same result over and over again. So, I mean, why don't you try different things? Why don't you break the bill up? Why don't you try to put it on? The, the put it on you know the the the, uh, the statewide ballot through the initiated measure process. Well, Sam East he he asked Representative Josh Boshe about that, uh, and he said uh, I, I'm reading here from the article. Uh, For now, the future of LGBT rights is unclear in North Dakota. Representative Josh Boshe, Democrat Fargo, the primary sponsor of HB 1386, said LGBT advocates will need to discuss their next move. Do they introduce the bill again in two years, or do they move? to get it on the statewide ballot. Though the bill already has been considered four times, Boucher is still cautious against putting it to a public vote. It's something that would have to be that would have to have some really deep consideration by stakeholders and folks involved, said Boucher, the state's only uh, excuse me, the first, state's first openly gay legislator. Our country has had a long history of folks fighting for civil rights, but putting people's rights on a ballot is not a road we want to go down. And I don't I, I, I listen to that justification, and I think it's a total cop-out. I, I think it's a complete cop-out. What, what does it matter? I mean, we're talking about state statute, right? We're not talking about amending the Constitution or anything like that. This would go into state statute. That's what his bill, 1386, and every iteration before it did, and that's what, if, if, if you put it on the ballot, that's what the initiated measure process would do. Right now, I I have made it clear I am no fan of the initiated measure process. I don't like the idea of legislating at the ballot box. But this isn't about me. This is about a process that's available. This is about a group of people that say this is a top line priority piece of policy for them. So why is he resisting putting it on the in on on the statewide measure? This idea, oh, we don't want to put people's rights on the ballot box. We do that all the time. We did it with Marzi's law, where we created quote unquote victims' rights. In the state constitution, all rights are in the law. I mean, our, our first amendments are in the law, right? Your right to free speech is in the law. Conceivably, we could amend the first amendment and remove it from the U.S. Constitution. I don't think Americans would go along with that because we all know the first amendment is a wonderful piece of policy and ought to stay right where it's at. But it's there. We have a process by which we could change it. There are no laws in America that cannot be changed through, the, through a process. That's as it should be. So this idea that there's some problem with putting anti-discrimination legislation on the statewide ballot, why is he so resistant to it? And again, the only conclusion I can arrive at is that this issue serves Democrats well politically. 
And if they put it on the initiative manager, manager process, the Democrats hand it off to a, a you know a, a citizen uh, backed initiated measure, then they're going to lose some ownership of the issue and they're going to lose it as a as a political weapon. They're gold bricking. You ever heard that term before, Natil? Gold bricking? I actually haven't. I have heard. I learned that term from my father. He used to shout it at me when I was out supposed to be shoveling the driveway and I wasn't shoveling it and I was goofing around. He told me I was gold bricking. It means shirking your responsibility, right? It's a it's a term. It means, um, you know, you're just there. Like like if you're getting paid, if you're gold bricking, you're just taking your time, working really slow, and just you know running out the clock. Oh, you're 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 padding your time card. Yeah, as it were. Bit. Yeah, and I th- I think that's what Democrats are doing on this. I don't. I mean, I I I don't doubt the sincerity of most of the people who support this issue. Right. I I don't I don't doubt for a minute. I may not agree with them on every single thing. But I get it. They are sincere in their convictions. They think this is an important piece of policy, and they would like to see it become law. I believe that. What I don't believe is that North Dakota Democrats, up to and including Josh Boucher, are really all that interested in p- pushing this through. I think th- I think they have more to gain because, A, I think they know that discrimination is not as big a problem in North Dakota as some would like to make it out to be, and, B, it's a it is a potent fundraising weapon for them. And I, they want to keep it in their holster. I don't know. I, call me cynical, but that's the political calculation I see. Love to hear from you. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back. Don't go away. I'll buy you a diamond ring, my friend, if that makes you feel all right. I'll get you anything, my friend, if it makes you feel all right. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Rob Report. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Been working on a playlist with some new bumps to teal. You know, I was actually going to talk to you about that this week. We should we should get some new songs in here. Yeah, I agree. I switched to Spotify, though, so I'm going to have to share. I, do you, I mean, is that is that a thing? Can I, Can we do that? Yes, I'm not going to keep you. I'm not going to use Spotify on the air, but because well, okay. my my convenient program is Google Play. <laughs> okay. Well, I will send you the list of songs. Good. And then we can go from there. Sounds good. And if you want to add some, I'm I'm all ears. We should take I'm, requests. I'm always, I, I am always looking for for new for new music. Yeah, let's take requests. One day we should it, just have like a request bump day. Yeah. There we go. There we go. That sounds great. Uh, all right, so we were talking a little bit. Do you think I'm being? I mean, am I? Am I just completely off the rails here, Natil? Am I? Am I seeing? Am I seeing conspiracies behind trees? I don't think you're completely off the rails. It's definitely a conspiracy theory. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I don't think that it's it's completely off the rails, and that's what makes me sad. Is that there there are other options that this particular legislation could be going through, and it hasn't been put through those venues yet and the fact that it hasn't been put through those venues when it has continually been put up the exact same way again and again and has continued to fail strikes me as as odd it is i i have been i have been watching politics in north Dakota for a long time and 
the successful policy initiatives that I see, especially the ones that are, are that, that are a heavy lift, right? That, that require sort of a sort of a sea change in in thinking in the state, which I I, I think you know homosexual right, gay marriage, things like that. That has been something in which attitudes both in North Dakota and nationally have changed pretty rapidly over the last several years. And so the the policies that I think that have the most success are the ones where the proponents are willing, you know, to to engage the other side, make changes to, to what it is they're requesting, right? There's a there's a there's an element of compromise there. And they also try every avenue available to them, right? And, and what I see from Democrats is when you introduce the same bill again and again and again, and you make no changes to the bill, you make no efforts to break it down, you make no efforts to, you know, let's sit down with Republicans, you know, maybe some of the people who are on the fence about this, and find something that, while it might not have everything you want, but find some areas where you can agree and pass that. I, I see none of that from the Democrats, uh, and nor do I even see the initiated measure process, right? And in the absence of any of it, you just got to wonder, what are they doing? I think that's a fair question to ask. Why do you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? Particularly when you look at the way the political winds in North Dakota are blowing. They're not blowing towards Democrats. Democrats have lost ground. You are not going to have a majority in the legislature, let alone a Republican governor, although this Republican governor would probably sign this legislation in a heartbeat, but you're not going to have majorities in the legislature anytime soon. So if you want to move this policy ball up the field, you better figure out how to work with some Republicans. And introducing this same bill that Republicans have rejected over and over and over again is not going to get you anywhere. If you care about this issue, then you got to figure it out. Well, and to be fair, they did make a lot of concessions this last time. They did. They, they, and, made a, and, they made a lot of concessions, and the the Republicans in legislature, the, the legislature as a whole, couldn't get that even that. Uh, that passed. is fair. That is fair. Oh, I would I would add that the amendments that were offered came from a Republican, uh, who was actually one of the original co-sponsors of the bill, Representative uh, Thomas Beadle from Fargo. Um, those amendments were rejected in committee. Representative Boucher did try to introduce them on on the House floor, uh, but they were rejected there as well. Um, so that's, that's perfectly fair. I agree with that. Uh, let's see what else happened over the, oh, did you hear about this thing with the town hall with the, uh, rep, uh, uh, state Senator Scott Meyer up at Grand Forks? He posted on Twitter after a town hall. He's a little frustrated after hearing from some of his constituents. No, I did not. Yeah, it was a big, it was a big controversy. There was a lot of stuff on social media about it. Basically what happened, he went to a, uh, a forum, you know, a, a lot of play, you know, the lawmakers, they're in session all, all during the work week. And then they come back to their districts, and in most districts, there's some local civic organization or something that organizes like a, like a town hall or a forum where people can ask questions and the legislators talk about what they're up to. Uh, this one was hosted by the uh, Chamber of Commerce up at Grand Forks. And I guess it got pretty ugly. And afterwards, Representative Meyer went on Twitter and he posted, The pontification festival is over. Not many questions asked to the legislators, but we were lectured. Great way to spend a Saturday kind of being a little sarcastic little dismissive of, that's a little flip for a representative flip. i think that's i think that's fair um it, it ended up getting there was a big article about it there was a lot of blowback on social media over it uh democrats issued a press release sort of pounced on it 
Uh, he ended up following up. He deleted the original tweet and he posted this. He said, I sincerely, oops, clicked away from it. I sincerely apologize for my tweet yesterday. A good communication is important and mine was poor at best. I promise to do better. Um, but I, I actually, there, there was a say anything blog reader in, in attendance at this, at this event. And what I was told is that, you know, basically they, they sat there. Uh, there was supposed to be a one-minute limit on questions, but that wasn't followed. People were getting up and just kind of giving speeches and ranting at them. Uh, Rep- uh, Senator Meyer said there were only, you know, from an hour-and-a-half event, there were only like five questions asked. Uh, and he was actually apparently called a fascist afterwards by one of the attendees. So it got a little ugly. And I, I don't know. I, I guess the whole thing, as I see this, it's it's one of those situations where the public is always right, even when they're not. Right. If, if, if you're an elected representative, something that you're just going to I I completely understand Senator Meyer being frustrated. He wanted to have a discourse. And, and it sounds like what he got was, you know, so, sort of, you know, people throwing pies at him. Um, the problem, though, is that if, if you want to hold public office, you just got to kind of have to take that. Right. And that's just something that comes with the job is every once in a while the public's going to be or a faction of the public's going to be mad at you and they're going to want to throw some rotten tomatoes at you and if you if you are perceived as being dismissive of that it's not going to go well for you and i would point to former team north dakota senators Byron Dorgan and Kent Conrad along with representative Earl Pomeroy as examples of that cuz i remember back in 2009 when the tea party was getting on its feet after president barack obama was elected there were town halls all across the state. Senator Conrad walked out of some. Representative Pomeroy didn't want to hold any in person. He was only holding telephone town halls. Byron Dorgan didn't hold any at all. None of those men were ever elected again. Pomeroy lost. Conrad and Dorgan retired. Why? Because I think they got too dismissive of their constituents. So Republicans, sometimes you just got to take it. That's the way it goes. 701 Leroy Kingsley, spokesman for the Prairie Knights Casino, coming on next. We're going to talk about how the no dapple protests have impacted casino revenues. Their their take is down, and it's hurting the tribe financially. We'll get the details coming up next. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report, WDAY, 701-293-9000, That's the toll-free number. Email talk at WDAY.com. Hey, you can tweet me, too, at Rob Port. The, um, the Teton Times reported last week, they're a, uh, they're a tribal newspaper based out of McLaughlin, South Dakota. They cover the... Cheyenne River and Standing Rock Sioux Tribes. Uh, they reported, I quote, the annual Prairie Nights Casino intake was approximately $14 million in 2015 and dropped to near $8 million in 2016. Uh, they go on to uh, report, due to the DAPL protest, the Dakota Access Pipeline protest, uh, the tribe's casino revenue is now under $9 million. That's a big issue. Uh, casino revenue is the largest trunk of chunk of the tribe's budget and is used for tribal loans and social programs and a lot of other things. Uh, 
the revenue coming down, that puts the tribe in a, in a not great situation going forward. Here to uh, talk with me about what's going on, Leroy Kingsley, who is a uh, spokesman for the Prairie Knights Casino. Leroy, thanks for your time today. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Uh, tell us what's what's going on with the uh, with the casino. I mean, obviously revenues are down, and any business there's a lot of different variables, a lot of different factors. But I don't think it's hard for most people to imagine looking at what's been going on in in near Cannonball around the uh, construction site for the pipeline uh, that the the protests had a big impact and, and not a good one. Right, right. Yeah, there's uh, you know there's absolutely no doubt that the uh, the protests and and the uh, the closing of the bridge have had a significant impact upon people's ability to get to the casino and, and just their comfort level driving down. I, I think uh, you know something that we all have to kind of factor in, however, and, and when you look at even the Bismarck Mandan area where I live uh, and and where my business is located, we kind of hit a perfect storm there. Uh, you know, our ag economy kind of slipped there last fall. Uh, we had the energy industry really, uh, you know, really dialing down. And then we ran into, you know, one of the worst uh, December, January uh, uh, two-month periods as far as weather goes uh, that we've had in, in many, many years. And so they, they've really, you know, just kind of run into a, a perfect storm situation with uh, all of those things coming together at the same time. Certainly. Um just in terms of, of, of the actual finances, I mean, was the Teton Times report accurate? I mean, did they get those numbers right? Because $6 million seems like a really big hit for, for a business. Yeah, it sure does. And, and, and to be honest with you, Rob, you know, the, the tribe is not obligated to release, you know, exact numbers. I believe okay. that uh, what had happened was um, general numbers were being discussed at a uh, tribal council meeting that a member of the Teton Times happened to be there, but uh, I'm pretty sure that nobody from the Teton Times, uh, you know, received any actual revenue reports. Because as you know, the tribes are not obligated to share those with anybody. So to comment on the exact numbers, I could not do that. Do you feel like the, I mean, obviously you're you're speaking on behalf of the casino itself and, and as Correct. a business, are, 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 they, are they feeling like they're going to be hurt long term? Because I, I am seeing a lot of stuff on social media with people saying, boycott prairie nights and by the way i don't agree with that i i don't like what the protesters did i don't i don't like what what i think they're absolutely wrong i i think i think standing rocks frankly position on on the pipeline is a little foolish that being said uh you know prairie nights as i understand it is a, i've never been there i guess but they they sounds like a great place to go sounds like a fun time and and i'm not saying that i don't <laughs> prairie nights is not like advertising with me or anything i'm just saying right it, it just seems it just seems you know retribution i i don't i don't like that idea of, of taking it out on on a business like that for you know uh, what was a political situation i mean they were kind of caught between a rock and a hard place but back to my question do they feel like they're going to be hit hurt long term from from a, a not maybe so great relationship between say bismarck mandan and standing rock you know, uh, it, it, it's something that we discuss with them on a daily and weekly basis. And, and, you know, as far as the management at, you know, at the casino, they're extremely, you know, conscientious of those type of attitudes and those type of feelings. And, you know, themselves, because they've tried to take, you know, a very neutral role in all of this and, and not get involved in either side and, and really continuing to go, you know what, we know where, you know, where our customers are coming from. Um, you know, we're not going to take a stand on either side. I, I think that, you know, they know that there are people that are upset. Uh, there are people that, you know, are going to lash out. On the other side, 
you know, just like we see with all of these events, you know, when people get into the social media, the, the, the angriest and, and uh, you know, this handful of people that, you know, will really go crazy and really get online and really spout off, um, that prevents the people that would be supporting the casino from getting on. And so, we, you know, we hear a lot of comments and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of letters, a lot of notes from people saying, hey, you know, don't worry about it. As soon as you get the bridge open, I'll be back down. And, and, but, they're, you know, the, the people who are, are not angry with the casino and not angry with the tribe, they're not speaking out. And, and you can see that. You never really see anybody from Bismarck, Mandan area or the surrounding area getting on social media going, I back the tribe, I back the casino, et cetera. You just are hearing the angry ones. And, and you know, yes, there's a lot of people that are upset, a lot of people that are uh, angry over the deal. But uh, it, it's like anything, you know, over time, uh, you know, as they come back and they test the product and, you know, they see that, wow, it really is nice and clean here and well, I can get a great meal, and, and the entertainment is, is top-notch. Uh, and, and they'll realize when they see the faces of the people that have worked there, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years that they've seen over and over again, that these people are going to be, you know, they're really going to be glad to see, you know, their regulars start coming back again. 701-293-9000, if you want to join the program, 888-970-9329. Um, I was wondering... In just to, I mean, because we're, we're, I, I don't, I don't think people should boycott Prairie Nights. That being said, right. I understand where people might have some hard feelings, though. I mean, because oh, they, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a tribal business. The tribe, based, you know, ignited the the protests against the pipeline that brought a lot of people into these communities, and and not not just Bismarck Mandan, but also the the rural communities down there, you know, around the reservation and even on the reservation. And a lot of those protesters did not behave themselves very well and, and created yeah. a lot of hard feelings. And so I, while I, I don't support a boycott, I understand why people have some very hard feelings against, you know, towards the tribe about what happened. Uh, right. You know, I mean, is, 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 the, is the casino doing anything to, to communicate with those people or to address their concerns? Yeah, actually, uh, in fact, just this week we've, uh, you know, started to take the steps, and, and one of them is, is uh, you know, a heavier PR effort. And that includes things, uh, you know, like sitting down, uh, you know, with people like you and, and discussing the situation down there, which, uh, you know, they've just been a little reluctant to do in the past. But I think we can all see now that things are kind of, you know, coming to a head and, and there, there is an end in sight and the bridge is repaired and all of these things and, and people are moving out and, the, you know, the core is in there, uh, you know, cleaning things up. And so I, I think as, you know, as, as time goes on, uh, you know, those resentment feelings will start to fade and people will realize and they'll, they'll remember back and go you know what especially if you live in bismarck mandan um, you have friends down there uh, I, I have you know many very good you know friends that work and live in standing rock that are in, enrolled members and you know they come to bismarck mandan once a week twice a week this is where they do their shopping uh... they come up here for basketball games and entertainment events just like people go down to prairie nights and so you know the the getting back to you know Bismarck Mandan Standing Rock have had a you know a, a great relationship for many years, and I, I see it getting back to normal, um, but it's going to take some time. You you mentioned that the, the tribe was going to start you know sort of a heavier PR. I mean, what can you give us a hint? I mean, what's some of the messages? I mean, what what sort of a, a message are, does the casino want to get out about this? Right. 
I think you know one of the things that I that I hope people will kind of keep in mind is is what a great corporate citizen uh, you know the Prairie Knights has been. Uh, they're in their twenty third, twenty fourth year of business here, and and uh, you know they're members of the chamber and they're members of the CVB, and they sponsor. I, I believe last year, you know, they spent probably a hundred thousand dollars sponsoring different events. Um, and, and nonprofit entities here in the Bismarck Mandan area, you know, when they're going to give away a boat, they come in and they buy it at Moritz. And when they're going to give away a car, they buy it from one of the local dealers. And you know, when they need, uh, you know, to they're purchasing their goods and services, you know, last year in, in Bismarck Mandan alone, they spent six point seven million dollars in goods and services from about two hundred and twenty some different businesses in the area. Uh, McQuaid Distributing, for example, cites them as one of their largest clients. Um, and, and, you know, Nightlife Limousine and M&W Beef Packers and a lot of, you know, locally owned, uh, you know, born and bred businesses from Bismarck Mandan, Prairie Knights is one of their largest customers. And, you know, they're, when they're doing well, you know, these local businesses here are doing well. And it's just good for the entire economy. I, I I think this I I realize we're we're talking about a casino and a business and obviously there's profit motive there and everything which I certainly have no problem with as a devout capitalist, yep. but I, I I think there is a larger issue here where a lot of us said all along uh, that you know once once it dies down and the celebrities go home and the protesters go home and and the pipeline is issue is settled one way or the other which it sounds like it's going to be. Sounds like it's going to be built. I don't. I don't see that changing at this point. But right. excuse me. I, I think. I think the argument a lot of us always made was that we're all neighbors and we all have to live with one another once all that stuff is over. And that's really what this is about: is trying to get back to that time when we were all neighbors, yep. and you know we're all just living together and trying to have some fun together and, and trying to do business together. Right? I mean, it's exactly. it's almost yep. like this is a microcosm for that that larger relationship that needs to be repaired. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, on any level, uh, if, if our you know state government does something that, uh, you know, a large group of people don't approve of, or, you know, the, the, the president on a federal level, they do things that a large group of people, you know, don't approve of, there's always going to be, you know, the ones that support and ones that don't support. And this tribal council, you know, they made their stand, and, you know, this was, uh, you know, how they uh, approached it, and, and uh, you know, they, they made the invitation, and, and then, uh, you know, they turned around and said, okay, you know, this this portion of this protest is you know is done uh, you know please go home and they've been saying that for you know for many months now and it's kind of like you know if you invite your relatives for christmas uh, your in-laws and you you thinking they're going to stay a couple days and a week later they're still there it's like yeah i invited you it was great we did our fun and now that's over um the the, the purpose of it um had expired and uh um so i you know i think representing you know their tribe and their people down there, um, that is when they said, you know, hey, it's time to go. Um, because it wasn't in the best interest of their people, and it wasn't in the best interest of the Bismarck and Mandan communities and the relationship between the two. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Well, Leroy, I appreciate it. Please keep us in the loop about what's going on, and uh, good luck. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Rob. Thank you. More to come straight ahead. We'll wrap this show up. 701-293-9000. is a toll-free number. Email talk at WDAY.com or tweet me at Rob Port. Don't go away.
just finished up our interview with Leroy Kingsley. He's a spokesman for the Prairie Knights Casino. They took a financial hit because of the protests. And uh, as a result, that's hurting the tribe. I mean, the, the, the revenue from the tribe, Standing Rock Tribe's two casinos, is a it, it's the biggest part of their tribal budget. Uh, just in terms of, re- of revenue that the tribe actually generates themselves. And it's it's going to hurt them. And, you know, I, I, I think now there's, you know, after, after sort of the red-hot politics of the last, you know, several months, there's a sense of pragmatism setting in saying, you know, we got to continue to live in this part of the country. You know, we need to repair some of these business relationships. I don't know how successful it's going to be. A couple of emails here. Uh, emailer says, not taking a stand. Archambault inviting the protesters and allowing them to use reservation land. Not taking a side. Laughable. Um, I, I should point out that most of the, the protest camps are actually on U.S. Army Corps land, although Archambault clearly invited people down. I mean, the tribe, the tribal council, as Mr. Kingsley said, I mean, they made their decision. And, you know, some of that resentment they're going to have to live with. Actions have consequences. Uh, let's see, another emailer. Um, most people's disagreements don't cost the taxpayer $20 million plus dollars. Actually, the the last number I saw, I think that was through February 10th, uh, the state of North Dakota had spent north of almost 33 million, I believe. And I'm I'm certain we're probably beyond that now. Uh, just on, you know, paying wages for the law enforcement officers that have come from other states, uh, paying for equipment, uh, paying for you know overtime hours for North Dakota law enforcement. It's been a huge, huge bill for the taxpayer. So, you know, again, that's another data point where people are going to feel some resentment. Now, that being said, I don't think people should boycott the casino. Um, I am very much in favor of trying to move past what happened with the protests. I think a lot of the a lot of the anger from the tribes is born of a sense of feeling isolated, of born of a sense of feeling uh, you know, like they've been given a raw deals. And in many ways, they're right. In some ways, they're wrong. But I don't I don't feel like we're going to get to a place where we can all get along and, and maybe not have another blow up like we had over the last several months if we continue to isolate them. That's just my two cents. I think I think it's better when when the tribal communities and the non tribal communities interact, engage in commerce. Talk to one another, love one another, understand one another, work at it from both sides. You know, the tribe didn't do themselves any favors with this protest. I think that's clear. I'm not sure we'd be doing ourselves any favor by taking a scorched earth approach towards the tribal businesses. I don't think that helps either. But that's just my two cents. What do you think, Natil? I think you're pretty right on on that. I mean, the fact of the matter is that regardless of what has happened with the Dakota Access Pipeline and the Dakota Access Pipeline protesters, we as a state are going to have to move on. The people in that area are going to have to move on when everything is said and done. And the rest of the state is going to have to move on as well. And we're going to have to find a way to continue to coexist because that part of the state isn't just going to like up and disappear from the map. Right. It's it's still going to be there. Those people are still going to be there. And it's going to be a lot better for everybody involved if we can find some way to move forward as a cohesive unit. Right. And and, and commerce is a big part of that, right? I mean, I, I know it's a 
it's a casino and not everybody like casinos aren't my thing. I don't I don't like to gamble. I don't particularly like to drink that much. So I don't I just don't go. Um, I'm not a casino type of person. I, I'm not that I'm judging anybody. It's just not my thing. Uh, but I, I, I think it is a microcosm for a larger relationship that has to be be repaired. And I think we're all better off if there's that that relationship, even if it's just commerce. There's a relationship there, and that helps. Uh, let's see. It's President's Day today. I have a book recommendation for uh, those of you. If if uh, I, I for those of you who are, are interested, I I I just read this book. It's very very good. If you remember the movie that came out not long ago, In the Heart of the Sea, uh, about the the whalers, Nantucket whalers on the on the Essex. Yes, I yes, I do remember. I had to, yeah, I had to it, think it about was, it for a while. <laughs> it was actually the inspiration for Moby Dick. It was the real life story that inspired Herman Melville to write Moby Dick. That it's in and of itself is a great book. Where I'm getting at with, with President's Day is that same author, Nathaniel Philbrick, who has written a number of very excellent books that are worth your time to read. His latest book is called Valiant Ambition. It's about George Washington, Benedict Arnold, and the American Revolution. Very fantastic book. The book is mostly about Benedict Arnold, but Benedict Arnold obviously had a very close relationship with George Washington, and it's it's very illuminating uh, for Washington. Uh, particularly, I, I think sometimes people, they forget how long the revolution was, right? I mean, it was like, what, like five years? You know, sometimes we get the idea that we signed the Declaration of Independence, we fought a couple of fights with the, the British, and then they went home and we were America, and that's just not how it actually happened. So if you're interested... It's a very good book. It's called Valiant Ambition by Nathaniel Philbrick. Check it out. Jay Thomas show coming up next. I'll be sticking around for the first part of that. 701-293-9000 to call into that show. 888-970-9329. You can catch me 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday right here on WDAY or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk again.